Okay, so I have loved Maybelline since I became aware of it when I was, you know, probably 13, 14. I have used Maybelline for that long. And their new Lifter Plump Lip Gloss is absolutely insane. It is so fabulous. It gives me the perfect puffy pout. And one thing about me is I always have a lip on. Like I wake up in the morning, I brush my teeth and I apply a lip. I'm I'm just that girl. I'm sorry. I have to. And I'm obsessed with this new Lifter Plump. Okay. Here's why. There's a little heat in it and it just makes your lips look so kissable, so perfect, so divine. I'm obsessed, quite frankly. Can you take the heat? Find your shade at Maybelline.com or a retailer near you. Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. Thankfully, C4 Energy has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus. C4 Smart Energy is formulated with 200 milligrams of natural caffeine from green coffee beans, plus potassium, niacin, and vitamin B12 to support well-being and help you feel your best, all while promoting fat burn and boosting metabolism. So I have recently tried C4 Smart Energy, and let me tell you, it is giving me a boost. That caffeine is hitting because I have a very short attention span. I get distracted so easily, and I tried it, and I was like, yeah, this is a boost all right. I love that. Look for Smart Energy every day in the beverage aisle at your local Target. Go grab a can and share on social media tagging at C4 Energy and the It's Me Tinks podcast to show how Smart Energy helps you stay focused wherever you are. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. Here's a little travel secret. The best time to visit Scottsdale, Arizona is actually in the summer. When you summer in Scottsdale, you can stay in five-star resorts for three-star prices and get access to the best Scottsdale has to offer at the best rates. There are so many ways to stay cool while feeling hot in Scottsdale over the summer, including tranquil pool scenes or rowdy pool parties, world-class shopping museums and art galleries. You guys, I love the idea of going to Scottsdale this summer. I'm about to fire up my group chat and book a trip because I literally love getting an amazing deal on a five-star hotel. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot think of anything better. Plus me, you know, I love the sun. I love to lay by a gorgeous pool, sipping a drink, knowing that I'm going to a fabulous restaurant that night. And I love that it won't be overcrowded. Visit experiencescottsdale.com slash tinks to learn more and start planning your trip. That's experiencescottsdale.com slash tinks. Hi guys, welcome back to It's Me Tinks Live. Well, we're not totally live today because I'm recording this in advance since I'm going to be home in London this week. Um, But I always really like these episodes because they give me a chance to catch up on um, what you guys are doing. It's like, it's like AMA, um, the Instagram version on crack, because I get to read all these amazing emails and they're not confined to a DM box. So I get all the details, sometimes a hilarious amount of detail, but it's really fun to hear your voices on the voicemail. So thank you to everybody who writes in and leaves voice fails. Cause it's cool to connect that way. So, um, let's go to a voicemail. Hi, Tink. This is Caitlin from Los Angeles. I'm looking for some advice on whether or not I should follow up with a guy that I just dumped. Um, We were dating for a couple months. We really, really liked each other, but I was looking ahead logistically, and it just did not make sense to pursue a relationship with him. We come from, like, completely different religious backgrounds. That's something we're really... Um, that's something that's important to us and we're just in two different places in our lives when I broke up with him it was like just a few minute conversation a few weeks ago and it's been hanging over my head so heavily I feel like I need I owe him more of an explanation he hasn't reached out but should I reach back out to him and get more off my chest let me know love you so my take is actually no, you shouldn't. I think, um, it's honestly sounds like, uh, 
it honestly sounds like you need more closure than him to me, to be completely frank, because if he hasn't reached out, then he's probably just really butthurt and sad and trying to move forward. And if you guys have been listening to me for a while, I always say, I think closure is something that kind of made up. Like, I think we give it to ourselves. I don't think we get it from other people. Um, and so I would say that to him too, although it sounds like he's creating his own closure now. Um, I think, you know, if, if he hasn't reached out, then just leave it be. And for you, you know, you made the choice. It's always harder to break up with someone than to be broken up with. I, I stand by that. So I think you've just got to, um, you know, unless you're having regrets, which it doesn't sound like you are. I think you just need to stand firm in your choice and your decision and look forward. Um, and that's with everything in life, right? You just got to keep your eyes forward and, and, um, and keep moving on. And listen, if he needs something, he will reach out. And then you sound very kind and more than willing to, you know, have another conversation should he need that. But for now, I think it's like, keep it moving forward. Um, and don't second guess yourself. Tony Soprano, <laughs> the character has a mantra that I like and that I, I stole that I use all the time. It's, it's not about making the right decision. It's about making the decision right. And basically what I mean, what I take that to mean is like, you know, stand firm in your decision and you can make it right. So, um, that's what, that would be, that would be my take is leave it be for now. I firmly believe that closure is one of the biggest lies that we tell ourselves and people use it as an excuse to like prolong breakups and with a breakup, obviously you need to have the conversation and, you know, get it all out there. But once it's out, you have to draw a line in the sand and move on. And I get DMs all the time being like, but I need one more talk for closure for this, for that. You give yourself the closure, you empower yourself, you if you, when you're saying, oh, I need to go over there to get closure, you're giving the other person the power to make you feel better or worse. And it always makes you feel worse, by the way, those closure talks, because they never say the thing that you want them to say. And if they do say it, it's annoying. If they do say you're too good for me, I'm not ready for this, blah, blah, blah. That's equally infuriating. So I think closure is overhyped, not that useful. Okay. Let's go to another voicemail. Hi, my name is Kelly. I'm from Boston. Um, This is for Tinks. I have a question about what to do with a guy friend that you had feelings for at some point. And I think they had, they sort of had feelings for you at some point. Like, you know that you've kissed a few times, but then like never did anything about it. And then it's almost like confusing because you weren't friends for a long time, but now you're friends again and you're kind of treading lightly and you're not really sure where you stand. And I don't really want to bring it up. So maybe that's my answer, but I just wanted to know your thoughts on it. Thanks. Yeah. So for my OG followers who've been following me since uh, 2020, you'll know that I went through something very similar. I was completely head over heels, um, in love with my best friend and we like did everything together. And then we started hooking up and it was a big disaster because I decided to vlog the whole thing on TikTok. That's why I don't talk about my dating life anymore. Um, but it's confusing, right? And like, this is the age old question. Like, can men and women be friends with nothing more? I think like now that you have touched, uh, you know, you've gone into the temple of doom and you've touched the thing that you're not supposed to touch. Um, it's like, you've broken that wall and, and yeah, like, I'm not going to lie to you. Once you've kissed someone, like it's definitely a little bit hard to get back to that friendship vibe. I can't totally tell from your voicemail whether you want more or not. It kind of sounds like you are good and you just want to get things back to normal, in which case I would say act normal. I think that that's such a good way to get the situation to how you want it. Like if you want things to be flirty, be flirty. If you want things to be normal, act normal. Um, And I don't think that there's any specific need for you to bring it up to him unless you feel like you just want to get it out there and you're feeling awkward about it. But I wouldn't honestly, boys always follow suit. So if you, if you just go and act like his friend and you're completely normal, he will totally follow suit. You can also, um, 
say something to me now, the more that I'm talking through this, the more I feel like bringing it up will make it more awkward. So I think for you, if I'm understanding your question correctly, you just want things to go back to normal. I would just act normal and move on. Now, if you have feelings for him and you want to explore, that's a totally different conversation. And one, which I say, good luck to you, because it is very stressful to go from friends to hooking up to back to normal to anything more again, but it's possible. Um, so yeah, I, I would say if you want to maintain your friendship and you don't want to have that conversation, just act completely normal, smile. Maybe if there's an opportunity to make a joke about it, you know, a subtle one, maybe you're like watching a movie about best friends kissing, or I don't know, you like wink at him and you're like, haha, could have been us or something, but like no need to make a big deal about it. If he's not bringing it up, if he's not bothered, neither should you. I hope that helps. And I hope it goes more smoothly than my situation did um, a couple of years ago. Love you. Okay. I'm going to read an email. Um, this one really struck me. Um, hi Tinks. I'm an older listener in my late thirties. I've been with my husband for almost 15 years and have three kids. Middle age vibes are hitting me hard lately. Life just seems like it's so, so much about work. My friends are all tired. Raising kids is hard and isolating and nobody travels much. I would love to hear your perspective on being happy when I objectively have less to look forward to. I feel like it was always so exciting when you were younger because you would think, what's my job going to be? How many kids am I going to have? What color hair will my husband have? And all these questions are answered now. Don't get me wrong. I love all the answers, which makes me feel like a brat for saying this out loud, but there's just some vague letdown about all those things being quote known throw in those dynamics. I mentioned earlier in life just seems kind of blah, which is an experience I've never really had before. I felt like I always had so much to look forward to. I know you're probably not in the business of giving midlife advice, but I would love to get a fresh take on how to step into this next chapter of life with Tink's energy. Aaron, Aaron, I want to applaud you for advocating for your own happiness, because this question, these thoughts, this is all you advocating for your happiness. I'm going to back up. And before I answer it, I want to tell you guys something, um, which is that I don't, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I've always been really obsessed with female happiness, specifically female happiness, like over a certain age. Um, and sort of per for personal reasons, but, you know, just maybe out of curiosity, I always, when I was younger, I would always look at my friend's moms and, and think like, are they happy? Like, do they seem happy every day? Like, what do they do every day? Like, and as I got older in both through watching media, like TV shows and movies and meeting more women of all ages and through the workplace, I don't know. I just, I became obsessed with this idea of female happiness because I think a lot of the time um, society writes off women after a certain age, um, not just in the workplace, but just kind of in life. And that's like a, always been a really depressing thought for me. Like I, I just have always been sad because I don't feel like a lot of women who are happy are represented in TV shows and movies like over a certain age. And I, I worry that that's because there aren't that many women that are fulfilled and happy. Um, and I'm not saying just with work, I'm saying with everything, right? I think, I think moms get the short end of the stick. A lot of the time, I think that they're kind of like invisible sometimes and, and their families just feel like, Oh, like there's mom here to do everything. And, and then oftentimes the woman can feel like, well, hold on a second. Like I literally have raised multiple kids. I keep this house running and like, I'm invisible. Like, how does that make sense? Um, and then you think about like the women who are late thirties, early forties, like portrayed on TV. And there's always like a thing, right? There's always like, Oh, you know, there you think about like big little lies, or you think about like real housewives. And it's, it's kind of all these extremes of, of, of portrayals of women that I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. And for me, I always thought from a young age, no matter what job I do, no matter, you know, what my family looks like, I, I want to make sure that I, I am, I have like my life and I'm living for me and that I'm happy because I, I don't just want to hit 40 and then think like, oh, like, well now I'm invisible. What, when, what have you? So that's a little background. I'm so glad um, that you trusted me and you took a chance. Cause I do like to give advice to all people of all ages. So Here's what I would say. I think I would begin by articulating what 
fulfills you and what makes you happy um, in kind of one column in your brain. And then I would do another column in your brain, which is like, what makes me feel joyful? Um, and I, I think what fulfills you can be anything like it can be being a mom. You know, you said you love that stuff and that's great. And I'm so, so, so fucking happy that you have a lovely, lovely family. So like, it could be like, I really love like making sure my kids feel good, like going to school every day or whatever. Um, and you know, if you work, maybe it's like, I really love like this aspect of my job and this really fulfills me. So it's kind of like the deeper things. Um, you can also think about things that you don't have in your life that fulfill you. So you mentioned travel, maybe you haven't been able to go on a trip in a few years, um, cause of whatever pandemic kids, other circumstances. Um, but, but put that there and think about aspects of your relationship. Like you said, you love your husband. That's amazing. That's so, so, so wonderful. I, you know, like what, what things about him do you still love? What are the, what are the new parts of your relationship that you are really fulfilling you and filling you up? And then on the other side, I would do joyfulness. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that how obsessed I am with sparking joy instead of, um, you know, it's easier to seek joy than to seek happiness. And sometimes the things that make us joyful, um, they add up to actually increasing our waterline happiness level far more than like quote, quote, seeking happiness. Um, so whether that's, you know, working out with a, you know, with your friends or it can be watching movies, like nothing is silly. I think that's another thing is like, when you're a mom, I think you put everybody before you and you sometimes your joy is diminished because you think like, oh, well, my kids love um, going to the movie or my kids love this type of food or my kids prefer we do this on the weekend. And it's like wonderful and the best thing ever that you put them first. But, but, and it's not to say that you won't, but just think about a few things that you love. Like maybe you love super spicy Thai food and your kids aren't into it. So you never get it. Just like do me a favor make a list of those things that are small. Maybe you love like drinking wine with your husband on the porch, um, sans kids, like, but you never get to do that because you're so busy, whatever. Okay. The things in the joy column, I want you to literally write them down and I want you to start doing one a week, two a week just keep doing them and get granular. Okay. Get super granular. Like, you know, me, my favorite thing is like going to this special frozen yogurt shop. Like sometimes I just drive in the car, like listening to Taylor Swift the whole way, get the froyo, eat it in my car because that's very happy joy, joy sparking to me. And then I drive home. So get granular. Don't just be like, Oh, I like drinking wine, like whatever. And start doing one or two a week and tick it off. Like get a little calendar or keep a note in your phone. Like, did I do something joyful for myself this week? And really, really for you, doesn't mean that you can't bring your kids along, but it needs to be like your joy trigger. Okay. For the other column, let's go back to that. Like the, you know, the happiness, whatever the, the big, the big things that fulfill you analyze whether you feel like they're getting enough attention. So so say you like really love, um, talking to your husband about, I don't know, like movies I'm picking this, you know, like maybe that was something you, you guys always used to do. You used to have long conversations about movies, whatever, and, and analyze, like, are those aspects of my happiness getting fulfilled? Like to what degree are they getting fulfilled? And again, get granular, really, really get granular and see how you can dial up each of those things. Okay. Because that's how you're going to materially increase your happiness is to be like, you know, where, where is lacking for me? Like maybe you just aren't, you know, I get it about the friends, like everyone's busy, but, but maybe that's, maybe that's like a big thing. Maybe you miss spending time with your friends and I know it's so difficult and everyone's busy, but if that really isn't, if that area of your heart isn't being filled up, then you need to like, you know, do something major and reach out to a couple of your friends and say, guys, I know we're all fucking exhausted. I know we all have kids, but like, I, I need you back in my life. Like, let's please just do, do one thing once a month. And I'm sure you'll find that they would, they would be in the same boat and they would want it too. Um, but I think, 
you know, the joy list and the joy triggers are a really easy way to attack it. And I know it sounds silly, right? I know, I know getting your favorite food over your kid's favorite food sounds like a small thing, but you wouldn't believe how much moms just like let their, their likes and their joy triggers just fall by the wayside because they, they always, they always want to do the best for their family, which is obviously incredible. Like shout out to all the incredible moms out there. So that was a very long rambling answer because I care deeply about this cause and I want to talk more about it. And I want every woman, no matter what age, um, to feel seen and to feel like her desires are valid and important. And just because you are a mom, it doesn't mean you can't want your own happiness to be increase because here's the thing, the happier and more fulfilled you are, the the more your kids will think, the more they'll be calm. They can massively feel like kids can sense energy. And the more they'll see like a great, um, you know, example of what it means to be an adult. Um, so I hope that was helpful. Make the lists, see how you can dial up your, your major happiness fulfillment, uh, columns, and then also start sparking joy right away. It doesn't matter how silly it is. It really doesn't go to a concert, reach out to an old friend. You can even try and make a new friend, but I know that that's really, really challenging when you're, when you're managing a household and, and kids and what have you. But, um, I know that a lot of women out there feel the same way as you. So you might be surprised about, you know, your friends and, and reconnecting with them. I love you tons. And I really want you to keep advocating for your happiness because it is so important. Thanks, Aaron. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to It's Me Tinks almost live. Let's take another voicemail. Hey, Tinks. This is Kelsey calling from Oklahoma. Absolutely obsessed with you. Literally love you to absolute death. You're a queen. You're a goddess. Um, I'm calling because I wanted to ask. So um, my friend is getting married, and I want to get her something special, a special gift. Um but I feel weird getting her something so um, impersonal and so formal off her registry, like candlesticks or a toaster or something. It just feels weird. Like she's one of my closest friends. So was hoping you had some ideas of what to give a close friend who's getting married. Love ya. Bye. I love that. Um, I, it's so funny because you guys often ask me for gift recommendations and I am, a disorganized person. You guys know that, that I'm really disorganized. And so even though I love giving you guys gift recommendations for people in your life, I'm like, Oh yes, get this custom blah, blah, blah. In my own life. I need to be honest with you guys. I literally am like such a registry registry gal. I'm like, Oh yeah. What just, that's fine. I'll give them like seven napkins and a candlestick holder and that's fine. And I, I have a very close, I'm very like open with my friends about that stuff. They kind of know that I'm a bit of a disorganized gift giver. So it's, it's very funny. Um, anyway, I, okay. So you want to do something more personal. I love that. I have one idea, which is like, I saw my friend give a, one of our other friends, like an enormous cheese board that was engraved with the date of their wedding, which I thought was really cute and just like more fun. And then every time they use it, it's like a really happy memory. And they're like, Oh yeah. Um, Kelsey gave that to us. Um, I just think that's really cute. Anything customizable is obviously really special. Um, depending on how, you know, if you want it to be just for her, you can also do like, uh, a custom necklace, like a little custom necklace with their date, like a nameplate with, with just the date with gold, that would be really cute. And again, like, I feel like brides just love stuff that's to do with their wedding day and also their new last name. So you could do, you could do that too. And honestly, here's the truth. Like whatever you give her will be great. They're this. She's just so excited right now. And like the fact that you called in, to ask like what, what a good gift to give her. Like you're a good friend already. I know that I know that'll be perfect, but yeah, check out those cheese boards. They're really, really cute and special and they're really big. So it like kind of makes a splash very impactful and also cheese. Um, love you so much. Thanks for calling. Okay. I'm going to read a really, really cute email, um, from a follower. Okay. Hi tanks. I love you so much. I love you back. And I'm 1000%. Oh, 10,000%. I'm sorry. I'm dyslexic. I can't read numbers on board with your box theory and everything about it. I guess my question is how can I start attracting the men who are going to put me in the girlfriend box? 
because the last few guys I've dated a thousand, <laughs> lots of numbers in this email. I've dated a thousand percent weren't ready for a girlfriend and I, and didn't see me as that and kept me in the hookup box. And I wasted so much time, um, with them because I really liked them and they just kept thinking, and I just kept thinking eventually they would realize it and switch me to the girlfriend. Obviously I've learned so much from you and I no longer want to do this, but I'm struggling because I feel like the only guys that I meet that I'm really into slash feel a spark with are only looking for hookup and not looking for a girlfriend. How can I find ones that are looking for a girlfriend. I'm sick of wasting time and energy only to be heartbroken. Thanks Tinks. You have single-handedly been my therapist for the past year. And then she says, I am looking for an actual therapist now because LOL, but thank God for you. Love you, Maggie, Maggie. I love you so much. And let me tell you, here is the great news. You've already done 90% of the work of the mental shift because so much of the time people write to me and they're like, why am I always in the hookup box? Why am I always in the hookup box? And the answer is exactly what you said in your email, which is the type of person that you're going for is not ready, right? They're just not in the mentality of, of going for, you know, they're just, that's, they might be fuck boys. They might be super immature, whatever, but it's the type of guy that you're, that you're going after. So that's the first thing. Um, I would say really analyze like how you're meeting these guys. Like I, for some reason, I'm getting this sense that it's more like in person for the, for these, which is great because like nobody can meet anybody in person, but I would say trying to go on dating apps, like anecdotally, I feel like hinge is more of a, of a date place. Um, this is not paid, but if you'd like to pay me, get in touch hinge. Um, so yeah, I just feel like hinge is more of a place where guys go when they're actually looking to get a girlfriend. Um, you can also try slightly adjusting your age range because as we know, men mature a little bit slower than women. That's pure facts. Like that's not me throwing shade. That's like a scientific thing that I read somewhere in a medical journal. Um, so maybe you should go like your age and then like two or three years older. Um, and then I would say, yeah, I think it's like, you've got to see their vibe and their energy, which sounds so woo woo, but if they're like partying a lot, like if you're meeting them out at a sports bar, whatever partying, like that's the more like hookup energy. And what you need to do is go through and date purposefully on a dating app and, and make sure that they're taking you on a date. So it's like the things we always say, right? Like when you're going through, you match with a guy, you want him to have a few exchanges and then be like, okay, like this is cool. Let's, let's take this uh, offline and get a drink. So immediately looking for someone who like wants to meet you in person and not just like be validated through, through messaging. And then once you do go like he's planning ahead and uh, planning the date ahead, he's not just like, Oh, like come and hang out with me on a Friday night. He's like, Hey, would you like to go for drinks on Thursday? Like made a reservation or like meet you here checking in on you on the day of being like, Hey, are we still good on for drinks tonight? Like all of those signs, like this is before you've even met the guy. And those are some early signs that he's like, at least looking for something more serious. Right. So like messaging you purposefully messaging you first, asking you on a date without needing to have like three weeks of random banter on the app, planning the date ahead, um, checking in on the, on the day of, um, like texting you right after that's five points. And it's like, of course it's not an exact science, but look for signs, look for the signs that he's like, not just looking to hook up. Um, and it's like a mindset, right? Like, so these are even before he's met you, even before he's going to put you in the date box or the hookup box. So those are early ways that you can identify that he's at least in the right headspace to find someone to put in the girlfriend box. Um, and there's all that, yeah, there's all these precursors that you can check off. But I would also say then once you have met them, like if you are really, really sick of like the casual dating thing and looking for something more serious, be more critical and analytical about which box you're in. So right away, you know, you've, you've said you've been doing this for a while and it's just like exhausting. And I fucking get it. I was there. I literally, my entire time in New York, I was just like in the hookup box in the hookup box. Oh my God. It was like so exhausting. But so now that you've done it, you know, the early signs. So say you go on a date with a guy, he doesn't text you for four days. Eh, he's probably not put you in the date box. 
Like, yeah. Could you go on a couple more dates with them and, and try to figure out maybe, but what's a better use of your time going on a date with someone who texts you the day after. So that's your plan. We're going to take a two pronged approach. Okay. We're going to take the first, the first thing is in this, in the time leading up to the date is, are you getting the right signals? And then right after the date being really critical, because you know, you've done it. You've dated a bunch of Brad's Chad's and Derek's. And now, you know, like, are they, are you in the hookup box or are you in the date box? So that's the second part. Um, but don't give up. I'm so excited and happy and, and, and thrilled that you're going to get a therapist while I do love being your therapist. I am not professionally trained and everybody should have someone professionally trained to talk to. Um, so yeah, love you tons. Don't give up. You're the best. Okay. Let's go to another voicemail. Hi, Tanks. My name is Kenzie. Um, I live in Southern California and I had a question, um, for you that was kind of a follow-up to your, um, rules for when you're first talking to a guy. Um, I am talking to someone new and it's going really well. We had a great first date. Um, but I'm going to be out of town for a few weeks in a row. And I'm kind of wondering what your take is on how to keep in touch and so I'm interested without becoming kind of pen pally um, because it really is because I'm out of town that you know I won't be able to see him for a little while but we really click there's a good connection um, he's not someone who's like trying to text all day but we'll exchange like a few longer messages throughout the day um, anyway let me know what you think I'd love to hear your thoughts and any advice you have for me thank you Hey girl. Okay. Yeah. I, I hear this so much. I think to be blunt, sometimes in the early stages, if you're not with the person, it can, the texting can kind of get stale and it's so annoying because you like had the spark, you had the good first date, but naturally, if you don't know someone that well, it can be hard to kind of keep it going. Cause you're just like, yeah. And then I had a sandwich for lunch and like, then I went to my meeting and it's like, okay. Um, so my advice would be, two things. First of all, it kind of sounds like you're already doing this, but try to avoid the like all day, just hitting the ball back and forth texting. Um, because that gets really stale. So it's like, if you're going to text him, text him with something funny or like an anecdote, have the conversation and then let it be. Because I think where most problems begin is when it's like literally like, Oh, Hey, Hey. And then it's just like, every half hour, 40 minutes, one text back. And yeah, you're quote texting the whole day. And so people think that means something, but it's really just like, you're, I don't know. I just always imagine it like called, I call it tennis texting. Cause you're just like hitting the ball back and forth. There's not really anything going on. So, um, be like pointed when you're texting him and then just let it be so much better. And then the second thing is if you're feeling up to it, call him. Like if you really like this guy, calling is back. I'm telling you, I'm declaring it now. Calling and FaceTiming is back. I love randomly FaceTiming a guy, um, mainly because I like to put them on the spot, but I just think that, you know, if you really like him, give him a call, you know, you're sitting in your hotel room for business, whatever you're doing, call him up. Hey, I had a funny story. I wanted to tell you, call him, tell him the funny story, chat for a few minutes, hang up. Boom. Trust me. So sexy, so confident because it shows you, you're not afraid. You're just like, you know, why texting is like, honestly, I hate texting. It's, it's such a nightmare and it's, it's so complicated and there's so many roles. So I would say if you feel up to it, if things are going well in the, in the text, give him a ring. Why not see how it goes? Um, and then the other thing is don't put like too much pressure on your time away. Truly don't, because I, in my core believe if, things are supposed to be, they will be. Um, like if you're, if you're in the date box, you're in the date box already. So don't worry about it. Um, and, and you can always reignite and come back fresh from your trip and have a whole nother first date. So tr- I know it's annoying because it's like, God damn it. You finally found a guy who you actually have a vibe with and now you have to leave. So annoying, but don't put too much pressure. And, um, if you, if you need to invoke the, uh, fun, flirty, hot Instagram stories, then yeah, 
throw up one or two on your trip. Why not? It, it can't hurt a nice little selfie on the, on the grid, maybe who knows. Um, but good luck. It's going to be great. Enjoy your trip. Be safe. Love you. Pen paling can be so difficult, you know, because like you're texting, you're texting, you're texting. And unless you know that person pretty well, it creates that false closeness that I always talk about. So it's like, they've been on one date, right? And she's going to go away for like three weeks. And the reason why you don't want to just be texting all day, every day is because then it just becomes like, you kind of know a lot about that person, but you also have only been like in their presence one time can create a weird vibe. No pen pals say no to pen pals always, unless you're in a relationship, in which case go off queen text him that your oat milk latte was not frothy enough. Tell him, tell him that your fucking meeting went badly. Go ahead. In fact, that's one of the taxes that you have to, to pay when you date me is to, um, listen to my texting all day of just like random shit that comes into my head. It's usually not about my oat milk latte. It's usually like, Hey, do you think that, um, aliens have feelings, but anyway, small window into my life. Let's take another voicemail. Hi, my name is Maria from North Carolina, and this message is for Tinks. Um, so I just wanted to say um, thank you so much for being a listening ear in the world of noise. I really do feel like it's been such a gift to hear your voice on the podcast and on the radio show, just, and just how compassionately you listen to others. And so I also have a question. And my question um, is in regards to, you know, I've just been noticing as you're starting this new venture that um, you really seem to have gone into it very thoughtfully. And I um, just wanted to know if you had any advice for periods of transition or for taking risks. Because it sounds like that's kind of what you did by, um, you know, starting this new show. And so I just would love to hear your perspective. And again, thank you so much for all of the work that you've done because I think it's really beautiful. Okay. Thanks. Bye. My gosh. That's so nice. I, I have tears in my eyes. That's was so kind. Um, really kind. Thank you for, for letting me be a listening ear. It's, I love it so much and it, it makes me very happy. So thanks for the kind words. I think, um, I think with risks and taking on new projects, um, y- you know, risks are great but they have to be calculated risks and you have to know that you're ready for it. And I think, um, so using your example of, of my, my show and my podcast, like I think it took us 10 months to get ready for it and to, and to plan and to find the right partner and do all that stuff. And I was scared shitless. Like, I, I don't know if I talk about that enough or if I have even, but I was terrified. And I think, I think that's the thing about risks is it's okay to be afraid. Um, so, okay, let's, let's organize my thoughts. Number one, I think calculated risks are good. So whatever the risk is that you're thinking about taking or, you know, career change or a jump to move somewhere, you do have to think about it, right? There, there is a certain amount of planning and thinking about it because that gives you the faith that you're going to be okay. And that it's like a good choice to make. So that's number one. I think you can never wait until you're fully ready. That being said, so kind of two sides, kind of like speaking out of both, both corners of my mouth here, but you can never wait till you're fully ready because there's never a good time, right? There's never a perfect time to move to a new city or to try a new job or to break up with that boyfriend who just isn't serving you anymore. Um, and, and when I look back on, on, on my life, like I, I don't, I wish that I had been, I had been a little faster on some of the risks I'd taken. Like I, I wish I had left San Francisco a year earlier. I was just like super comfortable there. I wish I had, you know, done a few things faster because it's scary, but you're never going to be truly ready. So I think use that thought to comfort yourself, whatever the choice is, like you're never going to wake up one day and say, ah, today I feel completely ready to leave my job and start my own business because that's not possible. Like we're humans. It's our, it's our nature to go for comfort and to, and to stay with what, what feels normal to us. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is like accepting that you might be a little bit uncomfortable in the beginning. And I was, I mean, I'm still learning and growing and trying to be better, you know, me 1% better each day. Like whether you move to a new city or try a new job, it's scary. It's fucking scary to take risks, but you learn so much about yourself. I I often find that the payoff of taking risk or doing a change, like it's not the actual thing, but it's 
what you learn about yourself in that process. You learn like, oh, like, hey, I'm really good at this or like, oh, wow, I didn't manage through that so well. I need to work on that. So it's a whole process. And the last thing I will leave you with is um, this thought from my therapist. And I was talking about a new project that I want to do that's going to take like probably over a year. And I was revving up with her and talking about it. And she was like, Tinks, you can't, you can't just live your life at the junctures of the, of the big changes at the risks. You can't just wait. Like every time you launch something like, Oh, you launch a podcast. Like she said, life is the process. And it really stuck with me. Like life is not the day that you leave the job or move to the city. Life is the process. Life is the before and after life is the, is the scary conversation with yourself and it's the preparing for it. And then it's the doing the thing and then it's getting better and it's moving forward. Um, so again, quite rambly today, but I hope that helps and, and know that if you, you have that instinct to take a risk on yourself. And to make a change or take a leap, you absolutely have it within you, right? Like you don't, you don't have those feelings unless you, your body knows that you're prepared for it. So, um, I'm, I'm proud of you, whatever the risk is that you're thinking about taking and, and just like have grace for yourself, right. And step into that faith, step into the faith that you have for yourself, that you will figure it out, that it will be, you will find a soft landing eventually, um, and that you'll grow in the process. Thanks for calling. And again, thank you for the kind words. Okay. We're going to read an email. Hi tanks. I'm 53. So your powers are spanning generations. My friends and I adore you. Okay. So I've lost 130 pounds in the past three years. Yay. I'm dating and keeping all your advice in mind as I navigate, navigate the fuckery. It's been really fun and validating to get attention from men again, after feeling so bad about myself, I feel amazing. I look great, except when I'm naked, I have saggy skin and empty rolls just hanging off my body. I can't seem to let myself get past the third date without with anyone because I'm terrified to feel, to get naked in front of a new man. Like I said, I look good in clothes. I feel great. I work out every day, including a rich mom walk every single day. I don't know how to navigate the next steps of getting naked with someone. Do I warn them? I have not told any of the guys I've met that I used to be overweight. Seems like that would be a turnoff. Do I just take off my pants and say, ta-da, would love your thoughts on this. Thank you, Tinks. <laughs> okay, Nancy, I love you. Um, and first of all, I, okay, the first thing that I just want to say that jumps out to me in this email is the line when you say, it's been really fun and validating to get attention from men. Okay. So that's where I want to start. Firstly, is like, you are getting attention from men. You are going on dates. You are having fun. You are feeling great about yourself, which is amazing. Okay. There is no reason that that is going to stop. Once you enter the bedroom, in my opinion, quite the opposite in the history of history. I don't think a woman has ever taken off her clothes and a guy's been like, and eh, nah, no, thanks. You sound like the most fun, bubbly, confident person. And I'm so proud of you for getting out there and dating, even though, as you said, major fuckery all around. And you can't allow your, this, this thing to get in the way of the next step. Like if you are feeling like, okay, you want to be intimate with these guys, you're having fun. You want to take it to the next level. The only thing that's stopping you is your perception of yourself. And I know it sounds cheesy, but if you feel confident when you take off your clothes, they will think it's hot. It's that simple. I have always said this. I really truly believe this. Like if you take off your clothes and you look at them and you're just like, yeah, I look fucking hot. They, they will be like, she looks fucking hot. Also to be more practical, like it's not going to be that much of a surprise. Like I completely understand, like you feel like there's excess skin from your weight loss and what have you. And like, I totally appreciate that, but it's not like you take off your clothes and you're going to become an alien. Like they know, they know what you're going to look like. And they're attracted to your personality and your wit and your spirit. And if there's a sexual chemistry and a sexual vibe before you get in the bedroom, it's going to be even more explosive when you actually go in there, but it's about mindset. I personally, I don't know. I don't think you need to share with them like before, like you said, like, I don't think you need to 
give anyone a heads up. Like it's your body and it's beautiful. And as we always say on this podcast, weight doesn't equal worth. So even though I'm so glad that you feel more confident and you've gone through this, this journey, like you're the same person, like you are valued and loved the same as, as before your weight loss or after your weight loss, like you just look different now. Um, so I would say have that inner confidence and also it's okay if you fake it till you make it like, this is truly something that I learned over the years. It's like, I used to be really, you know, also self-conscious about getting naked or whatever. And then it was just this major unlock that if you go into it with a major confidence and let the sexual chemistry lead the way, it all falls by the wayside. Like it's not about being perfect. It's about having a vibe with someone, um, feeling a mutual attraction and wanting to be intimate with them. It's a fucking exciting time. And you sound like you're having so much fun doing it. So don't let the fun stop just because you have this hang up. Like it's okay. If you have to fake it the first few times and think like if you're secretly being like, I don't know about taking off my shirt, just pretend for me, just do me a favor, take off your shirt, pretend have pretend that you're confident. That's what I'm saying, just to be specific and, and see how it feels because I'm sure the experience of being sexual with a guy is going to be who you like and who likes you back is going to be euphoric. It's going to be fucking amazing for you. And you allow you, you deserve that. Like everybody deserves that. So points, major takeaways, fake it till you make it. If you have to, just be truly proud and confident and allow the sexual chemistry between you two to lead the way and to be the, the biggest thing in the room. And thirdly, remember that no matter what your weight is, you are valued, you are loved, and you are worthy. Um, I love you so much. And thank you. Thank you for being part of the community. I hope you have fun. I hope you get laid and it's fucking awesome. Please write in and tell us about all the hot sex you have. Hi, Pink. This is Amelia. I'm from New York. I just adore you and everything that you do. Um, and I love your podcast. But I just wanted to ask, I've been seeing this guy for about a month now. And I do like him a lot. But I can tell he definitely likes me a little more. But he really goes out of his way to do super nice things for me. And like, he's very thoughtful. And like, he listens which I feel is very rare. Like even on our last date, I mentioned that my one year anniversary of work was coming up and he was like the next day texting me like, when is your work anniversary? I'm going to make a reservation. We're going to go to a champagne bar and celebrate like, you know, just crazy how nice and thoughtful he is. You know, I've never really had that. And so it makes me want to, you know, have a relationship with him, but also, uh, you know, summer's coming up. I've been on other dates and I love meeting new people. And, you know, I'm really trying to have a hot girl summer, but I'm also feeling like, you know, am I going to let someone go that treats me well and checks all of my boxes? And, you know, we do have chemistry and everything, but I think it's my self-sabotage saying, you know, is there something better? Or, you know, am I really ready for this? Um, Or is this going to you know, affect my other relationships with my friends, you know, I just get a little in my head. So any advice would be great. You know, should I pursue this relationship, see what happens or keep them on the back burner? Let me know. Love you. Thanks. Bye. Hey girl. Okay. So my read on this is, um, you don't like him that much. You literally listed every reason under the sun. Like you were like, well, I've got a, you know, busy summer coming up and I got friends and, you know, I got to get my nails done and like you, which is fine. It's okay. We, you know what? It comes down to scarcity mindset. So I don't want you to have that. Okay. Scarcity mindset tells us like, oh, if you meet a good guy, who's not a dick, you should date him wrong. Absolutely wrong and false. What has happened is you found a good one. He's a good guy. He remembers nice shit about you. You're obviously in his date box. Great. If you don't feel a spark, if you don't feel completely bajiggity over him, if you don't feel goo goo, if you don't feel like the literal emoji with the heart eyes, like if you don't, if that's not you, then he's not your guy. 
here's the lie. Here's the lie that we're told. If you meet a good one, you might as well just lock them down because, you know, you never know what else could be out there. That's not true. Okay. You deserve a guy who remembers your work anniversary and makes it feel like there's a box of butterflies in your vagina. Okay. And if he's not doing that, then that's okay. God bless him. Date him for a few more weeks if you feel like it and then let him free. You deserve the entire thing, the whole package. But use this as a, use this as a benchmark, because I always say like every relationship that you have, you should, you should learn something like dating should be about learning things about yourself and others. And this relationship showed you that you like to be treated nicely. Okay. That's the takeaway. You deserve that. And you like that. So that's your takeaway. And then the next guy, he's going to be that plus more because you deserve it all. So I am glad that you are being treated nicely. I'm glad that you, you know, you were having this good experience with dating, but it doesn't sound like you like him a ton. And to be fair to him, you should probably let him set him free sooner rather than later. Cause it sounds like he likes you, but keep hold of this, these words in your head, like you deserve it all. Um, and just because he takes your boxes doesn't mean you should hold on to him. He's not like a house. You're not like buying a house. Like, Oh yeah, it's, it's nice. Like it has a good view. Um, yeah. You deserve something that's like, wow, on all fronts and you'll get it. Um, you'll get it by staying in your truth. Thanks for calling. Love you. And I, I hope and know you're going to have a hot girl summer. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to it's me tanks almost live. Um, I cannot wait to be back with you on Friday when I will be in Austin, one of my favorite places in the whole world. So I can't wait for that. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Stitcher, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember that there's new episodes every Monday and Friday. Love you guys. Bye. Have you heard about Roback Activewear? Well, let me introduce you. You may have seen that subtle dog logo on your man's polos, hoodies, or Q-zips, but now Roback is growing their women's line. They strive for the best fit and best feel. I am so glad that Roback is now doing women's wear as well because they really have it down when it comes to super soft athletic wear that is just the cutest ever and so, so, so comfortable. You know me, I'm all about comfort. I'm all about feeling cozy while on the go and I am always on the go. So go Roback. We love that you're in women's wear now. It's 2024. The spring's coming and ladies, it's time to check out Roback for yourself. So use the code tinks on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order for all hoodies, joggers, skorts, and more. That's spelled R H O B A C K dot com. That's 20% off with the code Tinks.